Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we are going to be talking about the Chinese water deer. So some nicknames for the Chinese water deer are the vampire deer and the fang deer, which will make a lot more sense when we talk about what it actually looks like. So it is the Chinese water deer, so it is found in China. Um, It is found near the Yangtze River, but there is also a species of the Korean water deer, which is found in Korea. Um, And there was some, there are some that are found in England and France. Um, It's a feral population, and it's because they broke out of a zoo once, and so now there's a feral population over in England and France. And then as for the type of environment the Chinese water deer enjoys, uh, you can probably guess it likes to be near water. Um, It prefers living among uh, tall reeds or rushes along rivers, as well as in tall grass on mountains and then like cultivated fields. Uh, They've also been found in like swampier regions and then open grasslands. Mainly it's just places where there's like tall grass type thing because they, they're smaller and they prefer to like hide and stay hidden. So it is a deer. Um, it is a deer species and it looks pretty similar to a uh, normal deer that you would think of. Uh, mainly the biggest difference is the size. They are pretty small. They stand about 20 inches at the shoulder and they weigh about 30 pounds on average. So they're pretty small deer. Um, and like I said, they're called the vampire and fang deer because they have these little canine teeth that kind of stick out of their cheeks. Um, but they're not used for eating like we would think of. Yeah. Think compared to like a, like a walrus or like a saber tooth tiger is that's what it looks like, but coming out of a deer. And then they are also the only deer species where, uh, there are no antlers found. So some deer species, it's only the males, some both males and females have them. Chinese water deer are actually the only ones where there are no antlers on them. Um, and we'll kind of get into that when we talk more about why they have their fangs. So, and then as for other physical characteristics, they tend to be like a yellowish brown on top and then a yellowish white on bottom. Uh, their face is usually like a grayish or reddish brown sort of thing. Um, underparts, like I said, that yellowish white, uh, mo- almost more white. Uh, and then also they have very, very short tails and they have like no rump patch. So there's no like extra long fur on their tail or on their butt as well. Uh, their fur tends to be really coarse and thick. Uh, and they have fur covered ears uh, because it's an ad- adaptation to like cold, snowier winters. And then another interesting thing about them is they have a small scent gland on their face in front of their eyes for both males and females. And it's the only known case of such glands in deer in general. Uh, And then there is a bit of sexual dimorphism as well. Uh, Females tend to be a little smaller and their canines also tend to be a little bit smaller. And as for their diet, um, since they are found around water, they like to eat a lot of vegetation that's found near water or even on the bottoms of, uh, you know, like small rivers and creeks. Uh, So that includes things like reeds and grasses. They also eat uh, vegetables and beets as well. 
So like most deer, the Chinese water deer has a four-chambered stomach, uh, but the, the rumen pillars in their stomach are poorly developed. So what this means is they can't digest uh, carbohydrates from plant material very well. So the kind of foods they have to eat, they have to select foods that are low in fiber, but then also have high soluble carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So some natural predators uh, that are found in the wild for them are things such as leopard, foxes, bears, and raccoon dogs. Um, But like we mentioned earlier, they uh, like to live in this tall grass because they hide in it really well since they're so short and their color helps them blend in with it very well. And they can move very fast and they have quick little, um, what's almost described as rabbit-like bursts of like bounding um, instead of actual running. So the mating season for the Chinese water deer uh, is from November to February. And for the first few weeks prior to the mating season, the males compete for access to the females. Uh, And this is where the fangs come in. So similar to when other deer use their antlers to fight other males, the Chinese water deer will use their fangs to fight other males. So what they are trying to do essentially is they kind of like rear up on their back legs and then try to bring their fangs down on the necks or the backs of the head of the other male uh, to try to injure them. Uh, Most of the time, this usually just results in uh, injury, um, but sometimes it can uh, lead to death, whether it be bleeding out or hitting a crucial artery or hitting the spine, whatever it may be. Uh, And usually the victory is marked when the, uh, the loser will basically kind of walk away from the fight. And that's how they know who has won. Um, but as the loser is uh, kind of retreating and running away, the victor will chase it out of its territory. So they are very territorial and the, the males are, uh, they can be pretty vicious when they're fighting uh, for the dominance. So when the uh, male and female actually do mate, uh, the season is usually between April to June. And the female will be pregnant for 170 to 210 days, which is about five to seven months. So uh, I'm pretty... Uh, long time when you consider the actual size of these deer. And the female, when they do give birth, they can give birth up to eight young at a time. Uh, But again, this isn't average. That is a a pretty rare spectacle. They usually have about two to three babies at a time, but they can have up to eight. So then after the female gives birth, uh, she will usually give up the normal range that she uh, usually walks and inhabits and becomes more solitary, trying to stay near the, uh, the calves. Uh, So for the first few weeks of their life, the calves kind of remain hidden and the mother will go out, eat and whatnot, and she comes back to nurse them. And that's about the only time that you will see the babies. Uh, The babies have a more camouflaged coat. And you see this with a lot of other deer where the babies will have a lot of lot of light spots on them to kind of help blend in uh, with these uh, shady areas. And then uh, lactation usually lasts several months. So the female deer is pretty occupied with anything to do with reproduction, whether it be mating, being pregnant, or uh, suckling their babies. And then as we usually see with a lot of mammals, um, males contribute nothing at all to the rearing of their offspring. And then the males will reach sexual maturity at about five to six months, and females will reach sexual maturity at about seven to eight months. So they're pretty quick to being able to turn out more, and their lifespan is about 10 to 12 years. And kind of how we mentioned with the uh, males fighting during mating, they are very uh, territorial and kind of loner creatures. Uh, Males especially in their territory, they will mark their scent on a lot of things. So this could be whether they uh, urinate and defecate to mark their area, but they will also rub scents on uh, 
trees and even uh, dig in the ground to mark scents uh, with the scent glands on the bottom of their feet. So they are very territorial and this is them basically telling everyone else, this is my area, keep off of it. The only time you'll really see them together outside of mating season is every once in a while you'll see a female or two with a male. Um, but it is never seen where a male is with another male because they are so territorial. And as with other animals we've talked about before, there are territorial disputes that happen. Um, like I said, usually it's two males competing. Um, and similar to mating rituals, they sometimes will actually uh, participate in fights. Um, they'll kind of walk by each other parallel to size each other up. And then they will, you know, jump up in the air and try to hit them with these canine teeth that they have. And one will either be uh, basically driven out of the area or one will surrender and submit by laying their head and neck flat on the ground. And despite the Chinese water deer being pretty solitary and unsocial, uh, they do alert each other. Uh, that's one big communication they have. So if one Chinese water deer uh, senses danger or sees danger, it will alert the other ones by kind of doing this kind of barking sound. Uh, it's usually pretty shrill. too. So it's like a shrill barking that they will give off to let other Chinese water deer in the area know about it. And then as for population size, so it is not classified as endangered, uh, but recent estimates uh, guess that there's only about 10,000 individuals remaining in the wild in China. Um, but they, So they are listed as vulnerable, but not endangered. Uh, and this is because they are heavily hunted. So we've talked about this with other creatures before where they will be hunted because of certain cultural beliefs or spiritual beliefs. So with the Chinese water deer, they are hunted uh, for their colostrum. Uh, it's used in a lot of folk medicine in China, in China, and they they will put it in a bunch of stuff, and they, they give it as remedies as well uh, because it's supposed to have all these properties. Uh, and then they're also looked at as pests because they are known to eat a lot of farmers' crops. So because they are seen as pests, uh, they tend to be uh, hunted for that reason. And then the other big threat is, of course, loss of land, uh, whether it be deforestation or commercialization of a certain area. And there's not really any conservation that we know of going on. There's there's no laws in place or rules uh, to kind of protect them right now. So things aren't looking great. They're not in the best spot, but they're not terribly hurting. And just to talk about some fun facts about the uh, water deer, it is the only water deer um, with inguinal glands. Um, and this is similar to our lymph nodes in our groin area on humans. And Chinese water deer are also excellent swimmers. Um, like we said earlier, they are around water a lot, and they are known to swim several kilometers um, to islands and islets um, back and forth to feed and find uh, vegetation. And we talked about earlier, too, that they do have a small feral population in England and France. Um, the population in France, there haven't been any sightings since 2000, but they are uh, still in England, and they escaped from the Duke of Bedford's Wobum. Warburn Park in England. And that really wraps up about everything we have on the Chinese water deer. We appreciate you listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next week where we're going to talk about the walrus. And don't forget to follow us on all of our socials and check out our Patreon, which you can find in the link provided in the description.
I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.